Thank you for tuning in to the Dr. Whisperer podcast. Today, I am happy to bring you Dr. Mookalel, the mook, the mook, the mook is on fire. He was on fire today, I must say. I hope you enjoy it. He's not happy about these pharmaceutical companies and what's happening with the opioid crisis. And um, I love that. And I hope you do too, because we need to get angry and we need to do something. Take action, people. Hope you enjoy the segment. Hello, Dr. Mukalil. How you doing? I'm singing a new song today. You want to hear it? Let's do it. The Mook, the Mook, the Mook is on fire. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Uh, how are you? We miss you here in Tampa Bay. Yeah, me too. But uh, it's okay here. Okay. It's just okay. It's just okay. Well, it'll never be Tampa Bay. Sorry. I know. I gotta. I gotta make a trip back over. It would be nice. We'd love to see you one day. So, what's going on there in Texas? Mm, not much. Trying to get busy. Yeah, I heard you had a nice yeah. conversation with my friend Bill Robertson. The attorney. Oh yeah, nice, in- interesting guy. I don't know if I could help him much. I wish I could. Uh, I hope he sues the shit out of everybody, <laughs> and uh, I hope he wins. <laughs> I didn't mean to curse. No, I want you to curse. I mean, I mean that I want you to be as real as possible. So, uh, just to tell the audience, yeah. you know, the reason that you get so fired up is because you're hashtag no opioids, and Bill Robertson is an attorney that is trying, as you so eloquently put it, sue the shit out of these pharmaceutical companies because um, they're they're killing people. They're killing people. They got sneaky ways of doing it too. That's the. Uh... That's sort of the messed up thing behind the whole thing because, you know, it, it, it's not just the pharmaceuticals. It, start, it starts with the doctors at the end of the day, and it all goes back to the doctors, you know, because the nasty business of opioids is that, look, you have, a, you, have an, you have an enterprise that's creating these pills and is making money. The businesses are making money. But at the end of the day, the doctors ha- are, unfortunately, they have to do a certain amount of testing to make sure you're actually taking these pills. Mm. Right. You see how how uh, how this flows. So now if a physician owns a company that manages the testing of these pills, where do you think the priorities of the physicians go to? Right. You know, it comes right. It comes right back to them making sure they're prescribing it because they, in, the reality is they make more money testing somebody's urine to see if they're taking those medications. than they do spending time with the patient to help them get off of the medication, you know or doing a physical examination. And what the insurance companies are charging for those things are, uh, it, it's criminal. So that the doctors are using these other type of avenues, right? Whether or not it's a business plan or whether it's ethical, that's in the ethics is in the eye of the individual. Mm-hmm. Um, in, one, in one hand, you're saying, well, we have to do the testing, right? But in the other hand, you're saying, well, we're making a lot of money off this testing, so we may, keep, may as well keep doing it. Well, if you're trying to get people off of opioids and trying to get them better, it doesn't really go hand in hand. It doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. It, it makes dollars, yes, it does. but it doesn't make sense. Well, welcome to the medical industry, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? <laughs> Which yeah. both me and you actually should be questioning ourselves of how this happened. You know how you were doing like that hip hop thing and I just started out with a song? I don't know. You know, yeah. something to be said about being broke but making music. <laughs> there you go. The best, the best music is made when you're broke. <laughs> 
Everybody knows that. <laughs> so true. Well, um, so it's so funny. All I have to do sometimes is just say opioids and I get you right on fire. It's like my buzzword to you, which, uh, you know, yeah. it hasn't gone away. I know that you're super passionate about helping so many people. And so you have. But, you know, interesting, um, this morning I was at um, All Trust Insurance had uh, a meet and greet with uh, Congressman um, Gus Bilirakis. And he was talking about how um, the healthcare industry, right? Like that's one of his passions, talking about the healthcare industry. And then I'm sitting in a mix of people that don't really understand kind of how convoluted the whole system is. And that you can't just say that you want, because he was talking about alternative methods, which I love that he was even speaking about it. But the reality is that until the managed care companies, AKA the government starts reimbursing the physicians to do alternative methods, the people are gonna stay mad that it's the doctors that are you know, asking them to shell out cash for something like PRP, right? That we wanna talk about today that would actually be helpful, but they don't recognize as a, a, a treatment that you know, is under this chronic, uh, it's more like a chronic disease system that we have than prevention, right? So there's like, ugh, Correct. there's so many things that make this roadmap so messy. Yeah, and and that, actually, that was one of the beautiful things of Obamacare was that they they Obamacare focused on preventive right. medicine, right? But uh, unfortunately, what I do is chronic pain medicine, and uh, most of that is geared towards bandaging people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, the the thing is where the information is coming from. That's the hard part. So when uh, the government, for example, Medicare or Medicaid, whoever it is, they're they're trying to decide what they need to pay for. Well, where are they who's who's making the decision? Right. Who is the person who's making the decisions on something like PRP, someone who's an expert in the field? Is that someone who understands, you know, the fact that there's uh, about eight or nine different companies out there that are um, that are manufacturing PRP and and excuse me, I shouldn't say manufacturing that are uh, creating the PRP from your blood. But there's a variability in how it's made, what's in it. And uh, and then the research goes with that as well. So there's a lot of variability in the research. And with that. With, without having good um, consistency in the research, then what ends up happening is the government just says, you know what, it's just not there yet. We don't need to pay for it. Right. But um, at the end of the day, if you can just pull in everything and use one or two companies, you have some consistency with what you're doing, do the high quality research, uh, and then something will come out of it. But it's hard, to, hard for me to envision a day that happens, uh, especially when it's still a cash-based product. And if if the government just goes ahead and gets gives a reimbursement for the PRP, then I think you would see less of the businesses trying to make a money off of the PRP by selling the kits and all these type of things. And you would get higher quality data and research coming from us doctors. Right. Uh, unfortunately, it is what it is. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's another topic. You, call, you talk about business of healthcare. You're going to you mention you say business of healthcare to me or you say opioids. You get me all riled up. So, Sharon, you're like... <laughs> You're like pushing my button. Well, welcome to. I was expecting a happy call today. <laughs> well, I did start off with a song, right? So I, but I yeah. know it's like, it's crazy because I walk out of every meeting, like just my head is spinning because I, all right. So even just what you were just talking about, you could have a, a parallel conversation about how EMR systems are built, right? Well, you know, a technology company will come in and they'll build this what they say is this really great electronic health records system, but they don't get any feedback from the actual clinicians that will be using it. 
right? So it's all like everything is so convoluted that I do. I end up banging my head against the wall, wondering why the medical industry, Sharon, why do you like torturing yourself so much? But at the same token, right? Like I, I like you, I just have a passion for doing the right thing. Like yep. if you have a passion for doing the right thing, you can't get, you just can't get that tired. You have to just keep going, you know? Oh, the passion, is, the passion keeps you going. Yeah. That's what get. that's what keeps you moving. I know, sure. I know. <laughs> but you know, the EHR is funny. I think ultimately what's going to end up happening is you're going to have EHRs that are specific for the specialty, you know? So if you have, you know, I'll give you an example. When, when anesthesia was asked to go into the all the changes that are happening with the EHRs for so change from uh, paper charting to electronic charting. Well, the big players in the game, the centricities, the epics, all these guys didn't know anything about how anesthesia does its documentation, its coding, sure. all that stuff was in there. So it started very rudimentary. Mm -hmm. But um, but now you have these very specific anesthesia-driven companies that pre that create a better product. Right. Same thing with GI doctors. They use, they generally tend to use uh, EHRs that are very specific for that. Um, unfortunately, you know, once you're on one EHR, it is, it is, it is a act of God <laughs> to be able to switch right. from one EHR to the other EHR. See that now you just found my third thing that I that I that gets me all riled up is EHRs, and, and I've done this switch. I've done this switch like three or four times now. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's so hard because each company doesn't help you. Um, you know, uh, uh, import all your data right. and put it out. Well, uh, you know, it's funny because I remember how lit up you were when I mentioned um, um, that company, um, <laughs> Tampa Bay, they practice forces, right? And they all, they know how I feel too. So I'm not going to say anything on this podcast that they haven't already heard out of my mouth. But, you know, when you're having a conversation or being courted by, say, an EMR company, it, it, it does bring out a lot of really bad feelings because it's, it is, it's like having a website. Sometimes it's like the mafia holds on to it and you can't get the information that you've paid for. It's just maddening. The whole, the whole system sometimes I just find like there has to be a better way, like with everything. But I will give you some good news. Let's, let's, let's have some good news. I'm sitting in the first well-certified building in the country. I am working out of it now. Since we spoke last time, I've moved into a place called The Ring that there's live plants in here. You want to talk about prevention. There's um, uh, the best type of air pumping through the system. You got oxygen, we have right? really, you got oh, we have natural light, circadian light at the right time of day. I mean, I'm in heaven. I'm literally living in prevention right now. So this is, this is your new office? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, is it is it still on Thirteenth Avenue? No, no, <laughs> of course not. Well, well so wait, no, so no. You got to change the whole company. No, no, now. no, no, no. I'll never, and I'll never do that. Somebody just asked me today if the, I wanted to change the address of uh, the Doctor Whisperer. You know, those things to me, it's like with technology and how great everything is. I just text somebody if I need you to send something somewhere else or take yeah, a right. picture of it, right? Like there's no sense in us getting more aggravated every day than we already are with all of the, the, the roadblocks that we have just to, to have a successful business, right? Because we also have to deal with humans, which, oh my God, is so much fun. Like let's hit another hot button. I'll just yeah. talk about hiring people. Uh, all right. I'm kidding. I won't set you off, yeah. but yeah. I mean, I know because <laughs> I live in the same reality as you, but and for me, like here I was this morning, I feel like the bodyguard to all my doctors 
because there's no doctors in the room, but I'm here advocating for like, you can't say something simple. Like, I'm very happy that you're talking about alternative methods, but that in and of itself, like you can't say acupuncture or you can't say PRP until, you know, the insurance companies recognize that it's actually helpful. And how long does that take? And then how much is the fight for you guys to just get reimbursed? the 20% of what you should actually be making. Because, you know, you went to like, I don't know, med school, like for a long time. Just saying. Don't get me yeah, started. Money comes and goes, yeah. <laughs> money comes and goes. The, the loans will sit there forever, but as long as the interest rates are low, everything uh, everything else is okay. It's, it's not something to complain about. But, uh, All right, well, let's talk about something down. good. Let's talk about PRP. Because my goodness, when I was hanging with some of your friends and doing the testimonials and how amazing everybody felt when you offered this amazing service. I get asked a lot about PRP. I actually just mm. had a conversation with somebody the other day. She went to see an orthopedic surgeon and um, I told her about you. I said, it was too bad he's in Texas, but this is the guy you want to go to. Um, I don't think people have a great understanding of the, the benefits. So why don't you, why don't you hit the audience to that? Sure. You know what? It's funny. You said that I just got a PRP injection today. Oh, cool. I just literally got a PRP injection for my elbow. I've been uh, holding off on this for a while. Oh my god! No. Okay. Cool. Tell us. I actually, I actually took an admin day today and went and go, went and saw a colleague of mine, and I asked him to go ahead and inject me with some PRP today because I'm tired of this elbow hurting. Um, but you know, PRP is very good for. Uh, initially, it was very good for uh, tendon and ligament issues. So tendons are the uh, the attachment pieces of the muscle onto a bone, right? So muscle contracts. The tendon is the rope that's holding onto the bone. And then when the muscle contracts together, it's pulling that bone to get various mo movements. So that tendon tends to, it can have like little tears in it. So think about a rope that you have, but like an old rope, you know, it's like, it's kind of like torn apart and getting weaker and weaker and your body tries to heal it. But unfortunately it, it's a uh, survival of the fittest mode because in, in our bodies, our, our, uh, our, our heart is pumping out blood the blood has the oxygen, it has the growth factors, it has the nutrients, it has the inflammatory cells, it has everything in there. But preferentially, the heart and the body distinguishes who gets more blood flow than the other. So you can imagine a little old tendon or a, or a ligament in your elbow gets much less blood flow than, let's say, your brain, mm -hmm. right? Because that's going to require a lot more, or your muscle, or your liver, or your kidneys, or whoever it is. But if you're not getting enough blood flow there, then you're not getting enough healing. So because that tendon and that ligament is getting a low amount of blood flow, then what happens is uh, it doesn't heal correctly. And you get a concept called tendinopathy when a tendon is not healed correctly, chronically healed correctly, or uh, enthesopathy when a ligament is not healed, uh, uh, chronically not healed um, in a healthy way. Mm. And then you get that chronic pain there. So what, what pre, uh, PRP is doing is, it's an adjuvant to an old therapy that we used to do called prolotherapy, where we would agitate the area of injury or the area that didn't heal well. Mm -hmm. And by agitating it, we're recruiting more blood flow. So think of it like if you have a cut on your hand and the cut's not healing, it turns into a scab, right? Right. And then, you know, you're, you're looking at it like, oh, that, that scab doesn't look pretty here. So what do you do? You pick off your scab and then you see a nice pink layer underneath and maybe a little blood. But what's the purpose of that? By taking off that scab, now you're putting more blood flow into that area so that it heals better. Mm. So it's the same exact thing, prolotherapy, where we're going in and, and picking off that scab, getting more blood flow into the area. 
So now what we've done is we've taken PRP, <coughs> excuse me, by knowing that PRP is what stimulates the uh, regenerative properties of, uh, of that ligament or that, that tendon, <coughs> excuse me, by, by stimulating that. I know, right? Uh, by stimulating that, now we're accelerating this process. So now imagine if you have that scab, instead of picking at it two or three times, you do it one time, and then you get the healed tissue afterwards. Well, That's all it is. I've only used PRP in the aesthetic sense. So I know how great it is for, I mean, I've used it for um, scars that I've had. You had, a vampire, yeah. you had a vampire face? Oh, I have had it four times. To me, it's the absolute best thing anybody can do for their skin. So, nice. I mean, it, it's taken away um, a majority of my, my scarring I had from when I was a teenager. So I know awesome. it works. And, um, and I know that you could use it for hair regrowth. And I mean, it's, it's wonderful that we have these advantages today. Um, not everybody is, is taking advantage of this wonderful therapy, but I think more people need to know about it because uh, there certainly is a great healing in it. And it's a lot faster than some of the yep. modalities out there. So very cool. So when will you feel the benefits of the injection that you had today? Probably, you know, in my experience with other patients, I usually ends up being about two to three weeks. But we like to tell everybody that you treat it like you had surgery, except you don't have the big scar outside on your skin, right? So we do the surgery on the inside under ultrasound guidance. Now, if somebody's giving you PRP without using an ultrasound to target those areas that need it, target the areas that are actually injured, you're probably not going to get the results you're looking for. But if it's targeted, then we, we tell people the same thing that if you had surgery, they're looking at a four to six week recovery, uh, recovery time. So you can't stress out the ligament. You can't stress out the tendon. You can't stress the joint in the same way that you would if you had, for example, a shoulder, shoulder surgery, like an arthroscopic shoulder surgery. You're out for like four to six weeks. You can't sit there lifting things up and down because you got to give time for the, uh, the area to heal. Right. So, so I'm expecting probably in a couple of weeks I'll no notice a major difference. Uh, it's a little sore now, but that's to be expected. And uh, we'll go from there. The key is with this, though, you don't want to be on any anti-inflammatories like ibuprofen, mm -hmm. Aleve, Motrin, aspirin, baby aspirin that people take. Um, it's an anti-inflammatory medicine. Even though you take it for heart health, uh, it's still an anti-inflammatory. And that means if you're taking an anti-inflammatory, then you are doing the exact opposite of what PRP is doing. PRP is trying to create a huge inflammation there to, to promote regeneration. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to take anti-inflammatory medicines, then it's going to prohibit that regrowth. So what do they say about that? It's like money down the drain, I guess. Yeah, light it up. Well, <laughs> yeah, you may as well burn your money. So um, do you mind me asking, speaking of money, how much is a, how much is a treatment? Well, it, it varies. You know, I actually charge insurance for it, and I'm okay with whatever they give me. But it can vary anywhere between, you know, I, I, you know I, I've, I've seen people up in New York charge up to $6,000 for a PRP treatment. I haven't met anyone who has the hands of God, but uh, 6000 is quite a bit for it. But you can go anywhere between $300 to 1200 bucks would probably be a safe range. And there is no one PRP that's better than the other. Really, it goes down to the practitioner's experience and, um, and probably the guarantee that they're going to give you. And if it's me, I tell my parents, patients, if, I, if, if I'm charging you $1,000 and you're not getting the results you're looking for, I'll give you half back. There you go. Uh, you know, I'll, at the end of the day, it's really coming down to that. Are you getting the results you're looking for? Sometimes you may need a second injection, but if you target things correctly, you're usually okay without it. So um, 
is it new that they're reimbursing to the insurance company or do you have to write an LMN or like, how are you getting, how are you running that through? Well, I use some, so the, you know, the beauty of the healthcare system is that you have to understand where the ICD-10 codes are mm-hmm. and the CPT codes are. Mm-hmm. And when, when you're bored and you have nothing to do, this is to any young doctor out there. You're an overachiever you looking at yourself. Yes. Uh-huh. You, st- you start, start looking to see what the value or what the definition is of the codes that are there. Right. And there, there are over uh, 10,000 codes. Okay. Yeah. So just start reading through the codes that you don't use to see if that's something you can use. <laughs> that's all it comes down to. And, you have and then uh, to. you've been getting reimbursed. That's great. Yeah. I've been getting reimbursed. I would prefer the patient not pay anything out of pocket for it, but ultimately, you know, and I've done peer to peers with uh, the insurance companies to make sure a guaranteed payment. And I have no problem doing that. And they accept it. Mm-hmm. They said, Hey, you found something that works good for you. Use it. Um, but at the end of the day, if your deductible is at, at $5,000, uh, you're probably going to have to pay whatever the value of the code is right. according to your insurance. You know, so uh, the, the guys who win in this game are the insurance company. So at the end of the day, you're, you're, you're better off seeing a doctor who's at a network that's going to be your biggest friend because then they're not contracted to whatever the insurance companies are telling you. You yourself don't have to worry about um, paying for an out-of-network doctor and you don't have to listen to your insurance company saying, that doctor's too expensive, he's out-of-network. Well, the thing is when you go to an out-of-network doctor, they can negotiate on your behalf for payment. So therefore, your deductible portion gets shrunk. If you go for $10,000 out-of-network, you may come down to a hundred dollars out of network right. that you have to pay because that's the negotiation that the the doctors such as myself who are out of network were able to do that on the back end for you, right? That, because ultimately you pay for insurance, you should be getting it. <laughs> why, why? It's like it's like you get into an auto accident, you're severely injured, and, um, and and now you have to hire a lawyer to get your insurance company to pay you money. It's just crazy. Why do you, why do you pay all that money for the insurance? Right. So. And I think that consumers are becoming smarter patients. You know, I, I always say, like, if somebody doesn't have insurance, your best bet is to call the office, call the doctor's office and ask them, you know, can I don't have insurance. Can you give me a break or my insurance is bad? Like, you guys are pretty, pretty good about that when you want to give somebody actual care, right? Like, it's not the, the end all to just run around with that insurance card. I think that most patients should, well, I know that they don't really understand insurance. I mean, that's why I've had uh, all trust insurance uh, come on the podcast a lot, because I don't think that people really understand what benefits really are and what they mean and what you actually have and what you as a human actually have a right to do. And, um, and you know, you guys have a lot to learn. I mean, now you have to learn CPT codes too. I mean, like, did you ever think in a million years when you were studying to be a physician that you'd spend your time looking up CPT codes? You know what? I used to, I used to uh, sell candy bars mm-hmm. when I was a little kid, all right? And uh, you, you kind of get used to the hustle, I guess, is what they say. <laughs> but, you know, I grew up in a household where my, my parents had uh, convenience stores and gas stations, so we've been in that lifestyle. But, yeah, sometimes to get the edge, you got to find this stuff out. And if you want to benefit your patient, you got to find these things out because – God only knows nobody else is going to do it for your patient's behalf. That is the truth. And that's why you're the best. The mook, the mook, the mook is <laughs> All right. Well, listen, uh, I'm loving um, all of the videos that you guys are pushing out. Um, Dr. Malik is, is on fire as well. And I, I can't wait to talk to him. I know that you guys are doing a really, 
really great thing for those patients that are so lucky to uh, be able to see you at Superior Pain Relief. So thanks for Absolutely. what you he's, do. He's doing an awesome job. He's starting to get some videos in here. I told oh. him to uh, put it on selfie mode oh, so awesome. they see his face in there too. That's what I told him. I'm like, we want to see you. We don't want to just hear you. And I want you to, um, I'm going to text it to you, but I want you to listen to Dr. Mudgill. He is a dermatologist okay. in New York City that I think you'll love. And um, he's really doing the, the whole video and branding thing and podcasting. I think that you guys will have a lot in common. Absolutely. I'd love to. Cool. All right. Well, it's always good talking to you. Thanks for joining us today. All right, Sharon. Take care. Take care. Bye.